The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Nazir has been dedicated by our good friend Jaime and Dina Dana. Hashem Yishmirem v'chayim. Fatzlacha for all their children that they should be mechunach alpi toratenu akedusha. They should grow up and they should be zochel the Torah or mitzvot or chupa or maasim tovim ubefrat for Ashkelema for Moshe ben Dina. אין נא רפאנה לו בתוך שאר חולי עמו ישראל, וגם רפואה שלמה, פנינה, בת אסתר. אין נא רפאנה לה, אין נא רפאנה לה, אין נא רפאנה לה, רפואת הנפש ורפואת הגוף, ורפואתה כרבה לבוא וכן ירסון ונאמר אמן בזכות המסכת נזיר יגן באדם אמן. דף מ"ז, תראה, דף איז בינג סטאדיד לעילוי נשמת מור זקני רבי יוסף בן שרה. ורבי אברהם בן אסתר, רוח השם תניחם בגן עדן, אמן. תראה, דף איז בן סטיידר, רפואה שלמה, משה בן דינה, שרה רוחמה בת רחל ושרה בת רחל. רמי מרדכי צמח אליהו בן, מזל טוב, אין נא רפאנו להם, אין נא רפאנו להם, אין נא רפאנו להם, רפואת הנפש ורפואת הגוף. רפואתם כנאמר לבוא וכן ירסום ונאמר, אמן. ובגין תראה, דף מ"ו עמוד ב', and we are starting from the משנה on the bottom of the Amud. The Mishnah says, Gilach al Azebah, which means he brought the uh, sacrifice, which we're talking about now in Nazir. So at the end of his Nazirut, he has to bring three korbanot, and of course he has to shave his hair. So let's say he brought one of the korbanot, and after he brought one of the korbanot, he <coughs> shaved his hair. However, what happened? Benimsa pasul came out that for some reason the korban that he brought was pasul. How was it pasul? For different reasons. Either let's say the blood that he sprinkled, let's say the blood fell on the floor. So if the blood uh, falls on the floor, so then already um, it becomes tameh. Or let's say uh, the animal was taken out of the azara, was taken out of the place where it's supposed to be. So therefore the animal became uh, pasul. So what's the deen? Teglahto pesula. Number one, his haircut, his shaving becomes pasul. Vizvachav lo aludo. And his korbanot do not count. Well, we understand why his korbanot don't count, because they're pasul. However, the hadush over here is that the shaving that he did is no good, because the law is he brings a korban, Right? Sprinkles the blood, and then he shaves his head. His shaving is connected to the korban. But if the korban is no good, so then the shaving is no good. That means it comes out that he ended up shaving while he's still in Nazir. Because the Nazirut only is concluded if he sprinkles the blood and he shaves. But if he shaves without bringing a korban, so it doesn't count as anything. So it's like he shaved early. So therefore now he's got to wait another uh, 30 days in order for his hair to grow in order that he could do another shaving. Since his korban was no good, so therefore the uh, shaving becomes no good that he did. And therefore he's got to start over again for 30 days. In any event, the subject of it we're talking about is, is where he brought the korban, the korban became pasul, so therefore the haircut that he took also becomes uh, pasul, and therefore he's got to start uh, 30 days. And of course the korbanot uh, do not count. 
which means, let's say he brought the other two korbanot now. So they're not going to count, because once already you say that his shaving doesn't count, so therefore the korbanot that he's bringing is nothing. It's not considered uh, for a uh, korban. So he's got to start again. So the Gabbara gives, the Mishnah gives an example. Gilach alachatat shelo lishma. The Mishnah gives an example of a case where you, a guy brought the korban, and the korban was pasu. Let's say he brought a hatat, but not for the sake of hatat. One of the korbanot that the Nazir brings at the end of his process is a korban hatat. Now, a korban hatat, one uh, thing about it is it has to be brought lishma. It has to be brought for the sake of hatat. If a korban hatat, for example, is brought lishim ola, so the hatat becomes pasu. And then let's say he shaved on that korban hatat, and then he brought the other korbanot, for example, the Ola and the Shilamin. He brought them for the right uh, intention. Doesn't matter. His haircut is no good. The shaving is no good. Why? Because he brought it on a korban that was Pesula. And the subsequent korbanot that he brought do not count. And therefore, like we said again, he's got to count another 30 days for his hair to grow, and he starts again. Now, Gilah al ha'ola o ala shalamim shalodishman. Now, the Mishnah says a chadush. Let's say he brought the korban ola first, and he shaved on the korban ola. Because really, technically, with the abad, a person can shave on any of the three korbanot. The chadtahila, we said in the Gemara, is supposed to shave on the shalamim, or according to one opinion, on the hatat. But let's say, any korban that he shaved on is okay. So what do you do? Let's say he brought the korban ola first, and he brought the ola shelo lishma. Now here's the hadush, when it comes to an ola, or for that matter a shilamin, if it's brought shelo lishma, which means let's say he brought an ola for the sake of a different korban. Well, it doesn't ola, it doesn't count as a korban ola, but the korban is still kashir, meaning it counts as a nidava. So the point over here is, the korban is a kashir korban, but not a, it doesn't become a mandatory ola. So the question is, he shaved on his shilamim or his ola that he brought shelo lishma. So the Mishnah says So let's give a, 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 a one simple case. He brought his ola, but he didn't bring the ola l'shem korban ola. So the korban is valid as a nidava, and then he brought the shilamim for the right reason, and he brought the hatat for the right reason. And he shaved after the Qurban Ola that was brought to Lishma. So it says the deen is Tiglahto Pesula. Again, his head shaving is Pesula. Uzbahavlu Alun Qurbanot are not going to count for him. Why? Because bottom line, even though the Ola is a kosher Qurban, because even though he brought it to Lishma, but it's not kosher for Qurban Ola at Hayyuf. And therefore, his Tiglahat is Pesula. Because the haircut has to be on a korban ola. And therefore, even though, let's say, the sacrifice can be brought up, but it's not brought up as a mandatory korban ola, which the Nazir has to bring. Therefore, again, this is a case where the tiglahat is pesula, and therefore, he has to wait the 30 days again. So the Mishnah continues. The Mishnah says, I do in the name of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Oto hazevach lo alalo. That, let's say, ola, or that shilamim, that he brought Shilol Lishma, that Qurban does not count. However, but the other Qurbanot that he brought, let's say he brought a Shilamim Shilol Lishma. Okay, he says that Qurban Shilamim, you have to bring it again. However, the haircut that he took is going to be okay. We'll have to see why, even though he brought the Shilamim Shilol Lishma. 
and the Ola and the Hatat that he brought the Shema will count. Which is according to the B, Shemuan, he does not have to start the Nizirut over again. The Gemma Mishnah gives a final halakha, the Ingilah al Shiloshtan, which means, let's say he brought all three Kurbanot. And then after all three Kurbanot, he shaved. And let's say only one of them was kasher. Let's say the other two became pasu for whatever reason. But bottom line, one was kasher. His shaving is valid. Why? Because bottom line, we say that it was on one of the three. And since one of the three were kasher, so his ekar is kasher. However, which means whatever korban becomes became pasul, he has to bring them again. So therefore, let's say he brought ola, shilamim, and hatat. Right? He brought them all in one shot. And then he shaved after all three. So as long as one of them is kasher, we say he was shaving for, on that one. And then whatever ones were pasul, we'll have to bring them over again. Now the Gemara wants to analyze the shita of Rabbi Shimon. Again, Rabbi Shimon's shita was what? That as long as the um, he brought, let's say, a shilamim, shilolishma, and then he shaved, his shaving is okay. And the subsequent kurbanot that he brought lishma are okay. He just has to bring a, another shilamim. So what do you see over here? I'm out of Adab bar Avazotomeret Kasabar Bishimon Nazir Shigilah al Shalmene Daba Yatza. From here you see that if a Nazir shaved on a Shilamin that's only a Nidaba, the shaving is okay. Because what did I tell you? When a person brings a Korban Shilamin, Shilolishma, it counts for a Shalmene Daba. It doesn't count for a mandatory Shilamin, so we'll have to bring another Shilamin, but it's a valid Korban in the sense that it's considered a voluntary Korban. So what is, from the fact that the Bishimon said, that he just has to bring uh, the the bishop once said that he has to uh, uh, the other korbanot that he brought are legitimate, and the first korban he just has to rebring. That's mashmah what that he doesn't have to do another thirty days. That means if he shaved on a shenamim that went for in the dava, it's okay. So the kibbutz says my tama. What's the reason? Says regarding when he's talking about putting his hair, it says he puts his hair under. The Korban Shelamim, the Torah calls it Shelamim. Velo katav al Shelamav. It doesn't say his Shelamim, which is mashma that even if it's a Shelamim, not a mandatory Shelamim. For example, he brought the Shelamim Shelod Lishma. It is a Shelamim still. It's a Shelamim, it's Shalmenedava. It doesn't say Shelamav, his Shelamim. So from there, Rabbi Shimon learns that even if he brought it as a Nedava, it is going to count for his Teglachat. Comes the next Mishnah. Mishin Izrak Alav Echad Damim. Okay, new case. Let's say they sprinkled, uh, let's say one of the Korbanot. Okay, they sprinkled the blood of one of the Korbanot. Okay, and then what happened in the interim before they were able to sprinkle the other Korbanot? Vinitma, the Nazir became Tamir. You talk about a Nazir that finished his Nazirut. He's finished the 30 days. He's bringing his Korbanot. They sprinkled Korban number one. And after that, he became Tamir. Rabbi the Ezer Omer, Rabbi the Ezer says, Soter et Akol. Rabbi the Ezer says, He forfeits all his days. Vachamim Omrim, Vachamim say, Yavi she'ar Korbanotav v'yitar. Rabbi Hakamim say, No. Let him bring the rest of his korbanot and let him uh, just purify himself, which means he doesn't sotet. Let him just count seven days, according to the hachamim, till he becomes taor, and uh, let him bring the other korbanot, and therefore he's 
finished. That's the opinion of the Hachamim. Now, which means, like we said, he asked the, the one that he sprinkled the blood is considered kasher, because according to the Hachamim, once, we learned this earlier, according to Hachamim, once he sprinkles the blood of one animal, for all practical purposes, his nizirut is over. Right? We learned that once you sprinkle the blood already, he can drink wine, and he can become Tameh. So therefore, once he sprinkled the blood of the first animal, and then he became Tameh, it's okay. He just has to wait seven days until he becomes Tahor again, so he can bring the other two animals. But the B Eliezer, it's Mashma, from this Mishnah, he says, no, in this case, Soter et Hakol. And the reason is, because we learned earlier, according to the Eliezer, that the Nazir is a Nazir until he finishes all his process. Which means he has to finish everything, right? Through the tenufa, like we learned. So therefore, if he became Tameh in the interim, so therefore his, his Qurban was not uh, valid. And therefore, he cannot bring any more Qurbanot on that day, obviously, because he is Tameh. So therefore, Soteret Akol is going to have to start again. The Yomara will explain what does that mean he has to start again. Amrulo, so the Hakamim tell the Bili Aizir a story. There was a story with a lady, she was Miriam from Tarmud. <coughs> she was in Nizirah. Right? She came to the Beit HaMikdash, they sprinkled the blood of one of her Qurbanot. So then they came and told her about her daughter that was in danger of dying. And she actually went and she saw that her daughter indeed died. And she became now Tame'ah. She became Tame'ah because she was in the room with her daughter. The Amru HaKhirim, the rabbi said, Tavi She'ar Korbanotea Betetar. So the rabbi said, the first Korban that she brought is okay because she brought a Betahara. Now that she became Tame'ah, no problem. Let her wait seven days and let her bring the other two Korbanot. So they bring the story to the Bili Ezra where you see that you don't have to start again in such a case. You see the Ma'aseh that they just told her to bring her two Korbanot when she becomes Teorah. So comes the Gemara and says, Ketani, we learned in our Mishnah, Rabbi Li'ezer Omer Soter Etakon. Which means, in this case, we're going to be the the fellow became Tameh after the sprinkling of the first Korban. So we say Soter Etakon, which is Mashma, he got to start again from scratch. He's got to start the Zirut all over again. What do you mean, Vamar Rabbi Li'ezer? Kol Ahar Melot Shiva Soter. We learned the Bili Ezra Shita earlier in the Masechet. The Bili Ezra Shita was, he had a Hidush, that when a Nazir becomes Tameh on day 30, which is at the end of his Nazirut, so since he made it to the end, there's a special law that he only has to count seven days till he becomes Tahor, and then he brings his Korbanot. Which is, when does he have to count the 30 again? When he becomes Tameh in the middle of his Nazirut. But the Bili is not a Hidush. That if he becomes Tameh on the last day, he only has to wait seven. So the Chaurat is that last day. Why is the Bili Ezra saying now Mishnah Sotera Kol? He should just say he has to count another seven. Amarav, my Soter Named Kamar Bili Ezer. Yeah, what did the Bili Ezer mean when he said Soter? Soter Korbenotav. Which means. He means that his korbanot are invalid. But you're right, he only has to keep really seven days. 
because he became Tameh on the last day. But the point of Rabbi Yezid is that since his first Qurban is invalid, because bottom line, he became Tameh after it. So since he became Tameh after it, so that first Qurban is invalid. And now he has to bring all three Qurbanot later on. So therefore, comes out we have a mahloket between the Bidi'izin and Hachamim. Really, everybody agrees he has to wait another seven days, not another 30. But the point is, is the first Qurban going to be kashir? According to Hachamim, if he was Tameh after the first Qurban was sprinkled, he has to wait seven days and just bring the other two. The first Qurban is kashir. Whereas according to the Bidi'izin, that first Qurban is indeed going to be Pasul. And therefore in seven days he has to bring all three Qurbanot. And the logic is because according to the Bidi technically the Nisidut is on him till after he brings uh, the Qurbanot. Till he finishes all the rituals. So therefore since after they finished only one Qurban, he became Tamir. So technically that Qurban becomes invalid. So all the Bidi is saying that seven days later you have to bring all three. So again let's crystallize the Mahlokit between the Bidi'ez and Hakamim, do you have to bring all three Qurbanot in seven days? That's the Bidi'ez Shita. Or did you, you just have to bring the two Qurbanot? That's according to the Hakamim. Now the Gebra says, It makes sense to say that. The Mahluk is, is the first Qurban valid or not? That's the Mahluk between the Bidi'ez and Hakamim. Dektani, because we don't know Mishnah, Vachamim, Omim, Yavisha, Ar Qurbanotav, Vietar. Because the Hachamim said, let him bring the rest of his Qurbanot. Ma'ashma, that the point of the Hachamim is that he only has to bring the rest of his Qurbanot, but the first Qurban is valid. Ma'ashma, that the Ezra is arguing and saying even the first Qurban is invalid. So from the fact that the Hachamim said, bring the rest, Ma'ashma, that the Ezra says, you have to bring all three. And the Gemara brings another proof. And we brought a story from the Mishnah, from this lady called Miriam Termudit, where the blood of one of her Qurbanot was sprinkled. Right? They told her about her daughter that was in danger of dying. She found out that she actually died and she became Tame'ah. Where the rabbis tell her? Right, she's just doing the rest of the Qurbanot. Shema' minada. Wow, we learned from it that according to the Ezer, she would not have to bring only the rest, but she would have to bring actually all three Qurbanot. So that's the Mahloket between the Be'ez HaChamim and Fendazir became Tameh after the first Qurban. To what extent, seven days from then, to what extent of the Qurbanot that has to be brought? So the Bidi Ayaz is going to hold that since the Nizirut, like we learned earlier, is on the Nazir until after the whole process, so when he becomes Tameh after the first Qurban, that first Qurban becomes invalid. So therefore, seven days later, he's got to start again. But the Hakamim say no. Once he brought the first Qurban, it's over. So the first Qurban was good. But now he's Tameh, so he has to wait seven days to bring the subsequent two Qurbanot. And now we begin the next Mishnah, the seventh Perek of Masechet Nazir. And the Mishnah begins. Kohen Gadol Nazir. Now, you have a Kohen Gadol. Now, we know a Kohen Gadol regarding the laws of Tum'ah. A Kohen Gadol is not allowed to accept upon himself corpse Tum'ah, Tum'at Met, even for his relatives. Okay, it's a strict deen of a Kohen Gadol. And incidentally, that is the same law as Nazir. And Nazir also is not allowed to receive corpse tum'ah, even on a relative. Okay, so it says, Kohen, Gadol, Nazir, and Metamein, Krobehin. 
they are not allowed to become tamei even for their relatives. Aval mitamein the mit mitzvah. However, both of them are allowed to be tamei for a mit mitzvah. That's a corpse that they found in the field. Let's say there's nobody else to bury them. Right? They are the only ones that can do this mitzvah. So it's uh, unattended. So it's their obligation to bury them. Now the Mishnah says, "Hayu malchin baderich." Let's say a nazir and a kohen gadol were both walking on the road. Umatzu mit mitzvah. Right? And they found now a mit mitzvah. So the question is, which one of the two should do the burial for the mit mitzvah? Rabbi the Ezer Omer, Rabbi the Ezer's logic is Yitama kohen gadol va'al yitama nazir. He says, "Let the kohen gadol become tameh and not the nazir." So Hachamim come along and say, not only the uh, Nazir should become Tameh in this case over a Kohen Gadol, but a Nazir should become Tameh even over a Kohen Idiot. Now, a Kohen Idiot, it's a regular Kohen, is allowed to be Tameh to seven relatives. Okay? So therefore, Kohen Yot is really weaker in one sense than a Nazir, because he can be mitameh to relatives. And still, Hachamim say that if there's a met mitzvah, the Nazir should mitameh even over a Kohen Yot. Okay, so now we have to see uh, what's the logic. Amar lehem Rebidi Ezer, Rebidi Ezer explains his logic to the rabbis. Yitamah Kohen she'eno movi korban al tumato. As we learned, a nazir that becomes tameh, he has to bring korbanot. He has to bring a korban, right? We said three korbanot, right? One for Ola, one for Hatat, one for Asham. So that shows us that his tum'ah is stringent from the fact that the Torah mandates to bring a korban. However, if a kohen, gadol, let's say, or a kohen for that matter, becomes tameh to a met, he does not have to bring a korban. So you see Rabbi the Ezer says the Tum'ah of the Kohen is not as strict as the Tum'ah of the Nazir. By the fact that the Nazir has to bring a Korban for his Tum'ah and the Kohen not, so you see that it's more strict than Nazir. Therefore, between a Nazir and a Kohen, let the Kohen become Tameh Teremet Mitzvah. That's the Bili Ezer Shita. That Nazir is more Hamur, his Tum'ah because of the Korban. Amrulo, so the rabbi told him, Yitama Nazir, She'en Kedushato Kedushat Olam. Ve'al Yitama Kohen, She'kedushato Kedushat Olam. HaKarim look at it differently. They say the Kohen, his Tum'ah is more strict and stringent than the Nazir. Why? Because a Kohen is a Kohen forever. He could never be Tameh to anybody. Mashi'ekel Nazir is a temporary situation. So therefore, if it's a choice between a Nazir becoming Tameh to a Met Mitzvah, or even a Kohen Hediot, the Achamim come along and say, let the Nazir become Tameh. Because his Tumah is not as stringent. The rabbis look at it as it is, that a Nazir is a temporary situation. Right? After his Nazir is over, he can become Tameh again. So he's not as strict as a Kohen, that his Tumah is forever. So that's the two ways of looking at it. What is the strictness? Do you look at it of the strictness like the Bidah that says, Nazir brings a Korban at the end of his Tumah? Or do you look at it like the Hachamin that say, no, but a Nazir is only temporary, but a Kohen is actually permanent, therefore the Nazir should become Tamir. Now the Gemara analyzes. Bishtama Kohen Gadol Nazir. Okay, I can understand the argument between the Bidah and the Hachamin. When you have a Kohen Gadol and Nazir, 
Hai sabar kohen gadol adif, which means the rabbis are going to hold that the kohen gadol is better, is greater. Hai sabar nazir adif, right? And the bilayz is going to hold that the nazir is greater. Each one according to his logic. And I have no problem with that. I can hear the argument that each one looks at you know, the different uh, logic. What makes the nazir or the kohen gadol stricter? However, the Gemara's question is like this: Mashuah b'shem in a mishpa umiruba begadim. Now, there's two types of Kohanim Gedudim. Let's discuss them. One is called a Mashuach. That is one that is, uh, was anointed with the special oil. The Kohanim from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu all the way to the King Yoshia, which was the end of the first Bet HaMikdash, the Kohanim Gedudim were anointed with special oil that was called Shemin HaMishha. However, a regular, uh, after that time, Yoshia Melech, he hid the Shemin HaMishha because he saw that the Bet HaMikdash was going to be destroyed. So he put the Shemin HaMishha in Giniza. From that point on, the way they inaugurated Kohanim Gedolim was no more with Shemin HaMishha. It was just putting on the Kohen Gadol the eight garments. As we know, a Kohen Gadol wears eight garments in his service. So he's called a Kohen that was uh, sanctified by the Begadim. So you have two types of Kohanim Gedolim. One is called a Mashuach b'shem in a that was anointed with the pouring of the oil on him, and there's another type of kohen gadol that is called a miruba b'begadim. Both are considered kohanim gedolim. So now let's discuss a case. You have a kohen that is a kohen mashuach b'shem in a and he's walking with a kohen miruba b'begadim. Okay, they're both walking together, and they come in contact with a mit mitzvah. So the question is, whose sanctity is stronger? So the Gebra says, Mashuach b'shem in adif. The one that was anointed with the shem in he is holier, he's greater. And therefore, he does not become tamet to the mit mitzvah. Now why? Te'ilu mashuach b'shem in mevi par al kol ha-mitzvot. Te'ilu gadim en mevi. We have a law. A regular law is like this. The law says that, let's say a regular person, a regular person makes a sin, bishogeg. Uh, makes a sin, bishogeg. For example, he ate helif. He ate fat. A regular guy. So the law is, he has to bring a korban hatat. Okay? That's the regular law. What does he bring? He brings a, a goat. That's the Torah law. He brings a goat for Sa'id Azim, the hatat. However, the law is, let's say a Kohen Gadol makes that same sin, Bishogeg, he also has to bring a Korban Hatat. However, he brings a par, he brings a bull. So you see what? A Kohen Gadol is different than a regular person. But which Kohen Gadol brings a bull if he makes a sin, Bishogeg? That's only the Kohen that's Mashuach B'Shem and HaMishha. But a mirubah begadim does not. If he commits a sin, Bishogeg, he brings a regular uh, goat like everybody else. So you see, in one law, the mashuah is more strict than a mirubah begadim. The mirubah begadim is like everybody else in the sense that if he makes a sin, he brings a regular korban hatat, where a kohen mashuah has to bring a 
korban, but he has to be a par. So if you see, he's different, he's special. So therefore, if you have two kohanim walking in the street, a mashuah and a merubah begadim, so what happens, the law is going to be that the merubah begadim becomes tamet remet mitzvah, and not the mashuah. Now, there is an obvious question over here. How do you have a case where you have two kohanim simultaneously walking in the street, one is a merubah begadim and one is a mashuah? How could one of one of them been anointed and the other one not? How do you have two kwanim over one year, one no? So the case over here the Rosh says is talking about where let's say you had a Kohen Gadol that was anointed with the oil. Okay, fine, he's a mashuah. And then after that the oil was concealed. So there was no, there was no more oil after him. Now what happened? The anointed Kohen Gadol got sick. So what did they do? So they appoint another Kohen to take his place. Now the substitute Kohen is a because there was no oil. And therefore, what happened? Now, the law is, normally, if let's say the first Kohen gets better, so therefore the substitute Kohen does not serve anymore. And the first guy gets his job back. However, in this case, we're talking about where the first Kohen was out for a long period of time. And the law is that if the first Kohen, in this case it's the Mashuah, was out for a long period of time, so the substitute Kohen does not lose his job even when the original Kohen comes back. So here's a case where you have two Kohanim Gedolim that are able to serve. So therefore, again, the case was talking about we had a Mashuah. He got uh, sick. They appointed another Kohen in his place, a substitute, which was a Mirubah Begadim. The first Kohen was out for a long time. Therefore, when he came back, they don't take away the position from the substitute. So now you have a Mirubah and a Mashuah. So again, back to the case. They're both walking down the street. And they see a, uh, a met mitzvah. So the deen is that the mashuah melchama, his kiddushah is greater. Because like we said, he has a special law, at least in one case, his law is greater by the uh, korban hatat. So therefore the mashuah does not metameh for the met mitzvah, but the merubah begadim does. Okay, so now we discuss a, another case. The next case is mashuah she'avar. Okay, let's say you have a Kohen uh, Gadol was Mashuach, it was anointed with the oil. That what is called a Kohen She'avar. Which means, is uh, for whatever reason, his term ran out, and uh, he's like uh, retired. Okay, so he's called the uh, Kohen She'avar. He's not serving them. Begadim. And then you have a Kohen who's actually still serving, but he's only Miruba Begadim. So both of them are together. Now when they're in the street and they find the mit mitzvah, so who's metameh? Merubah begadim adif. So of course in this case, the one that was anointed with the clothes by wearing the eight garments, he is better in this case, and therefore he does not metameh. Why? The merubah begadim avid avodah. Because the merubah begadim, he's still serving. He's still working in the Beit HaMikdash. The one that was retired, he's not fit to perform avodah uh, anymore. He's not serving anymore. Which means, this guy over here, who is a mashuah, since he's not serving anymore, the law is uh, that the uh, kohen that is merubah begadim is stronger. Now, obviously according to this uh, shita, we have to analyze it. You have two kohanim, one is fit for service, one is not fit. The one that's fit is the merubah begadim. The one that was not fit for service is the mashuah. 
So therefore, the law is that the Merubah does not become Tameh and the Meshuah here. Now, the question is, what would be a case where a Kohen is not fit for service? Because normally a Kohen Gadol is a Kohen for his whole life. So we have to give a scenario where the original Kohen, for some reason now, is not fit for service. So therefore, we're talking about a case where, let's say, or a normal case, let's say, would be a uh, Kohen Gadol uh, was substituted, let's say. Right? It was substituted by a regular Kohen Gadol for a brief time. And then let's say the original Kohen Gadol gets better, so he returns uh, to office. So normally the substitute is the one that cannot serve. Again, get this, get this clear. Which means normally you have a Kohen Gadol, right? He's serving. Let's say something happens to him, so they bring a substitute. Okay? Now the substitute is a temporary job. Once the original guy gets back, so now the substitute becomes uh, not able to serve. But the original guy gets his job back. Now, if that's the normal case, so we have a situation over here of Mashuach She'avar. We have a case over here where you have a Mashuach, he is the Kohen She'avar. That means he must have been the substitute, and the original guy got his job back. Now, in this case, the question is, how could you have the substitute that was a Kohen, that was Mashuach with the oil, and the original guy that gets his job back was only Mirubabe Begadim. Which is, how can the original be Mirubabe Begadim and the substitute only a, uh, uh, and the substitute had the oil? Which is the Chaurah, if the substitute had the oil, so the Chaurah, the first guy, the oil was around for him as well. So give me a case of where we have this scenario, Mashuach She'avar and a Mirubabe Begadim. How could you have that at the same time? Again, the Mashuach She'avar has got to be a substitute. Right? Because that's why he doesn't, he's not fit anymore. Because it must have been, he replaced a Kohen. Once he replaces a Kohen, and the original Kohen gets better, so he's a Kohen Sha'avar. But if he was uh, anointed with the oil, so the original guy should have been anointed with the oil as well. So how do you have a scenario? So over here again, the Mephashim uh, explains, the Rosh says, it's talking about, well, let's say he had a Kohen Gadol, okay? And uh, he was anointed with oil, okay? And then what happened, he became uh, whatever, Pasu uh, for whatever reason, temporarily, so they brought a substitute, they brought a second guy. So the second guy was anointed also with uh, oil. Okay? He was anointed with oil, obviously. Now, after they anointed the second guy with the oil, the oil was hidden. Okay, so there was no more oil anymore. And now what? The original Kohen Gadol died. The original guy. So now all you just have is a substitute. And now they appointed a third guy. So the third guy now is the official Kohen, Kohen Gadol. And he only has Begadim. So it's possible to have a case where you have an official Kohen Gadol and a substitute. The substitute had the oil and the, and the official Kohen Gadol now is Mirubabe Begadim. So the law is that since the official Kohen Gadol is the one that is serving now and not the substitute anymore because they appointed him for whatever reason. So therefore the law is that the Mirubabe Begadim who is serving does not become Tamir Termet Mitzvah but the Kohen She'avar indeed does. Huh? Now the Gemara gives another case. Let's say you have two Kwanim that they left office 
So it would have two different reasons. Havar Mahmat Kiruyo. Let's say you have a Kohen Gadol, that uh, he became a Baal Kedi. So that's why he had to leave his office temporarily. Ve'avar Mahmat Mumo. We have another Kohen, got a Kohen that uh, the reason why he had to leave his office because he developed a Mum. Okay, any Kohen that develops a blemish also is not fit to serve. Okay, so the deen is, now let's say both of them are together and they see a mit mitzvah. So it says, Avar Mahmat Kadruyo Adif. The one that was uh, uh, had to leave office because of Kedi, because he had a discharge, he has a higher Kedushah. Why? Ti'ilwai hazil avodan mahar. Because at least the Baal Kedi Kohen, he's fit to serve tomorrow. Because he's only Tamir for one day. But somebody that left office because of a blemish, he's not fit for the service until he's healed, which is a longer time. It's not suitable. So therefore the sanctity of the one that's a Baal Kedi is higher than the one of a Baal Mum. And therefore the law is that the Baal Mum is the one that buries the Bet Mitzvah and not the one that is a Baal Kedi. Again, all these cases we're just pitting up Two different types of Kohanim, which one is going to metameh for the mit mitzvah? Gemara says, Ibaya Leon, Gemara has another question. Mashuah milhama uzgan. Heminayu adif. Okay, you have two Kohanim over here. There's a Kohen Gadol that's called a Mashuah milhama. What is that Kohen? He has a deen of a Kohen Gadol. He's anointed for battle. Torah says when the Jewish people used to go out to war, there was a special Kohen Gadol that would go out to battle with them, and his job was to give them like a uh, pep talk. He would give them a, a Musa before they would go out to battle, in order to give them uh, confidence. Uh, and this was the special Kohen, Mashuah uh, Milhama. Okay, they would designate him with the oil in the regular, uh, the regular way. Now, he has the laws of a Kohen Gadol, this Mashuah Milhama, this Kohen that's anointed for battle, He's forbidden to contaminate himself. Um, he's forbidden to grow his hair like a Kohen. He has to marry a Betula. Right? He cannot marry a widow. Has the regular laws of a Kohen uh, Gadol. It's called the Kohen Mashuach Milhama. Now, you also have what's called a Segan Kohen. A Segan is the substitute Kohen. For example, like we learned to Masih let's say you have a Kohen Gadol that became a Pasul on Yom Kippur. For whatever reason, he became Pasul, so they bring this second Kohen Gadol in the wings. He's called a Segan device, and he takes over. So now the question is, you have a Kohen Mashuach Melchama and a Segan, and the substitute Kohen. So the question is, whose Kedusha is greater? So Gabriel says, Mashuach Melchama Adif de Hazila Melchama do you say that the Mashuach Melchama, he is greater in Kiddushah because he is fit for battle, meaning since the people depend on him, they need him, they're going out to war. You need a Kohen Mashuach Melchama to give them that talk, to give them the Musab before they go out to battle. He's, uh, he's vital. Or do you say no? Maybe the Segan is better because he works, he serves. She's the Mashuach Melchama is not a Kohen that serves. He's the queen that goes out to war with them. But the Sigan actually does Avodah. He actually serves in the Beit HaMikdash. So maybe the Sigan is better. So the Gebra says, Tashema, we have, come and learn from a Braita, the Tanya. And Ben Mashuach Melchama, the Sigan, there's no difference between the Kohen, Mashuach Melchama, and the Sigan, and the deputy Kohen, Elashim, Ayu Malchim, Baderich, Umatsum, Met Mitzvah. Oh, exactly this case. 
that if both of them were walking on the road and they found the mitzvah, yitma mashuach milchama, let the mashuach milchama contaminate himself, and not the segan. So what do you see? That the segan actually is on a higher level because he actually serves. So the Gebra says, what do you mean? Tanya mashuach milchama kodem lesgan. We have another bride that says the exact opposite. That indeed the mashuach milchama is on a higher level than the segan. So make up your mind. We have a stira in the Braithot. Hamar murzutra le'inyana hayoto mashuach milchama hadif. Amazing. With respect to sustaining both kohanim, what's the case? For example, you have a both kohanim, they're under a pile of rubble. Right? Who do you save first? Or they're in a well. Who do you feed first? You only have a limited amount of food. So sustaining them, that Mashuach Melchama gets sustained first. And that's what the second Braita meant, Mashuach Melchama, Kodem Lesgan, that you have to keep him alive before you keep the other one alive. Which means giving him food, saving him. Maitama, Detalu Berabim. Because the, the masses are depending on him. Meaning the people are going out to war, they need that Mashuach Melchama to, to give them the talk. And to, to give them the Musab, so the people are relying on him for the war, so he comes first when it comes to being sustained. However, but when it comes to which one is metameh, Segan Adif, the Segan has more Kedusha. Why? What's the reason why they give the Kohen Gadol a deputy? Why do they make a vice Kohen Gadol? Because let's say, for example, on Kippur, let's say the Kohen Gadol gets pasu for some reason, so the deputy enters and serves in the place of the original. So therefore, he's potentially eligible to serve on the Yom Kippur service. However, a Mashuach Malamah cannot serve. He's not a Kohen that serves. So therefore, Legabet Tum'ah, the Segan is better. So the Mashuach Malamah will be mitameh for a mit mitzvah over the Segan. Because the Segan potentially can be the one that is going to serve in the Beit HaMikdash on Kippur. Mashi'enken di Kohen, Mashuach Malamah, he's greater in the sense that if it's a choice between sustaining one of the two, he is sustained. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.